Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. He's a man who's going to tell you like it is. You can never be afraid of something that you don't know about. Now that's ignorance. And for us, ignorance is not bliss. He's a man who's not afraid to talk about the real issues and not skate around it. Don't you think it's about time that you got tired of where you are? I mean, you have got to be ready for God to do something for you and let him move. He's a man who loves his God, his country, and his people. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not too fond of the political state of the world, and particularly the U.S. as it is right now. But if you want change, you have to make it happen. You can't keep settling for less than what you ought to have. He's a man who's sowing seeds of life, love, and liberation to anybody who's willing to hear. There comes a point in time where everybody just needs to shut their mouth up and listen to God. And God is the one who will lead us, and God is in our truth. He'll tell us everything we need. That covers every area, every facet, from politics to church to you name it. God's got it covered. He's a man that seeks the heart of God for the people of God. You're listening to Zero Today with Pastor Lorenzo Neal. Welcome to Zero Today. I'm your humble host, Pastor Lorenzo Neal, hailing from Cajun Land, USA, here to present you with seeds of wisdom, insight, empowerment, and liberation. And as always, this show is designed to promote a knowledge that is engaging and transforming. And we hope to have you, to empower you, our listeners, to knowing, doing, and impacting the world around you. And as always, you're welcome to join us on this illuminating journey. Every week we've been doing this journey, we've been having fun, learning a lot, but you're always welcome to join us on this journey. And the best way to join us, if you want to get your thoughts, insights, opinions, two cents, four cents, six cents, a dollar in, you can do so by calling in on the line 347-237-5230. That's the number to get in uh, on your thoughts on the air. Uh, the chat line is over, open, so you can get in on the chat line. Simply go to uh, Blog Talk Radio and you'll see the chat line open there. Um, also, hit us up on our Facebook page, Zero Network on Facebook. Um, we got a what Twitter feed. We got all whatever it is on technology. We pretty much got it. <laughs> but we're glad that you're able to join us. We're glad that we're able to do the show. Uh, it's been a wonderful journey. I tell you that much. But. I'm not going to be rambling because I'll tell you we got a lot that I want to talk about. We're going to be talking about we have a very special guest who will be joining us later in the bottom of the hour, uh, Prof- Professor Solomon Hurish. And he is a, um, a professor and scholar, biblical scholar, and we're going to be discussing uh, the theories of creationism and the theory of evolution and how they just might be the same thing. He's been spend a lot of time uh, researching this and he has a book about it and we're going to be talking about his book and some of the um uh some of his theories that uh from over his from his many years of research uh we're going to be talking about that and uh a couple other headlines uh religious leaders making some headlines that I really think were I really think are some very important things so we're going to talk about that too uh and we'd love to get your thoughts, your chats, and insights on everything you want to share with us on this radio show today. But before we go any further, let's go in prayer. We're going to do that, and then we'll get into uh, some news stories of the day. God, we thank you and honor you for another day journey. We bless you for allowing us to see you today. Let us glorify you and edify your people is our prayer. Amen. Well, like I said before, uh, you know, there have been some interesting news going on. Um, 
Of course, there's still the fallout from the Zimmerman verdict, verdict with uh, Trevor Martin and uh, some of the things. I, I, I'm telling you, I'm kind of tired of it. Um, but there have been so much more that's coming coming to light. And uh, uh, Holder and the, term, the Department of Justice, uh, they're still being pressured to investigate uh, or, or do something else. You know, there just wasn't any satisfaction from the, the court of law. So the court of the people are demanding justice, and, and they're crying out. And I tell you, it's, it's getting a little frustrating. And I, like I mentioned last week, you know, crime is only getting uh, worse. It's not like it has derailed young black men for participating in criminal activity. And I, and I, I say this because yesterday, here I was in the office and uh, minding my business, and one kid just comes and he decides he's going to attempt to break into my car. Now, I... Our church is in the hood. <laughs> it's in the hood, and you know the kid just had opportunity. They didn't have. He didn't. I could tell he didn't have anything to do because actually, you know, he was surprised I didn't chase after him. He didn't get anything. I didn't have anything worth value. But you know, I, I I look at that and I think, okay, what if this kid had been armed? What if he had tried to tag me? Or what if you know? What if it had spiraled out of control? I think I'm grateful that it didn't. But that goes to show you, teenagers just you know, they they have the tendency to be misbehave, you know, to misbehave and if there's opportunity to be devious they'll take it. And uh and, and it's heat. But I, I digress. My my whole point of that little rant was that, you know, we have to accept the fact and be responsible for a lot more of the actions of our children, particularly our young black males and we have to let them know, uh, yeah, un- unfortunately the law may not be favorable toward them at present. And uh, they, we must train them up in the way they should go. And that includes telling them to pull their pants up. That includes telling them thug life ain't the life. That includes telling them, you know, you ain't got to come. You ain't got to have a come to Jesus moment every time, you know, or, or to come to church. But you need to carry yourself in a way that uh, people won't profile you. And at the same time, you won't lose your blackness. <laughs> I digress, y'all. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Um, anyway. There are two. There were two. Um, I, I thought very significant um, news stories today regarding the church, particularly with, regarding some uh, religious leaders. Uh, first being Pope Francis, um, uh, the Bishop of Rome, uh, leader of the Catholic Church. He made some very uh, some comments that have gone viral, I guess you could say, and have given hope to some and. Uh, great dishope to some others, but um, just a few days ago, while on his jet, um, making his return from from um, South America, his home country, uh, his home continent rather, he's he was on the jet and talking to reporters, and the question about uh, uh, gay priests, homosexual priests came up, and he said that he would not condemn. Um, that he would not condemn priests if they were homosexual. He said he would, you know, he would allow them to be ordained. Uh, he would not put their, you know, his words was, "Who is he to judge?" And, and I was surprised to hear that, you know, because that's the common, uh, that's the common stream of argument from so many people. You know, who am I to judge? And, and that, I guess, that's kind of affirming coming from uh, the leader of the Catholic Church. Uh, Taking away that condemnation, of course, the question does come up uh, when it says that does that mean that openly homosexual males can, uh, you know, he he implied it, but it wasn't directly said. Can they be ordained? Will they be a part of the itinerant Catholic ministry? And particularly coming off the scandal here in America. You know, uh, what would that say for the priesthood in America? You know, with those priests who are closet homosexuals now come out the closet and what would that do for some parishes you know it it raises a lot of questions a lot of concerns particularly here in the states who are uh, where we are still recovering from the scandal that's cost the, the American Catholic Church billions of dollars billions of dollars a lot of uh hundreds maybe even thousands of of scarred lives and for him to say this you know it's kind of like Reopening a wound, but at the same time, for those who are in the uh, 
LGBT community is affirming for them that, you know, that this leader thinks that it's it's worth celebrating, you know, or worth coming out. So they that the LGBT community is is hoping that that the Catholic Church would, you know, release its grip on some things. Uh and in the same in the same interview while he was he while he acknowledged that he would not uh condemn uh those priests, he would allow them to into the priesthood and whatsoever whatnot. He reaffirmed some of the some some of the stances that the Catholic Church holds to, particularly with the, ordi- uh, the ordination of women, uh, abortion, and uh, of course uh, same-sex marriage. He says those are in direct opposition to canon law and, and uh, biblical uh, uh, principles of the church, and so you know they oppose that. But he did he did mention really regarding women that there should be a greater role for them in the church uh, outside of ordination. You know he he didn't go say, he didn't say they're gonna get ordained, <laughs> but he did say there should be a greater role for them in the church. And of course I concur altogether. But you know it's just interesting. And uh, while he was making those remarks, uh, Bishop former Bishop Archbishop. Desmond Tutu, a former bishop in, in Africa, uh, uh, he came and while doing a speech for the United Nations, um, what's that, uh, Free and Equal Campaign, the United Nations Free and Equal Campaign, he made these remarks. He said that he would rather go to hell than to go to a, a homophobic heaven. And I was like I was kind of blown away from that, you know, by that. And I, I understand what I understand what he's saying. Um you gotta understand um uh the this whole concept, this whole campaign by the UN was to um push forward or, or bring to the forefront uh to the to the world the violence that is uh Done against homosexuals, but in in various countries, you know, there's still there's still about eighty countries where homosexual same-sex loving is against the law, literally against the law. And in Africa, it's it's just crazy. You know, you had Uganda that uh, that was passing a law uh, that was, you know, if you were homosexual, you'd be jailed, and they went so far as to try to get it to be, you know, the death penalty for being homosexual. In Africa, it, it you know. Homosexuality is not just a taboo; it, it's a death sentence. You know, the greatest amount of violence against those who are same-sex, same-sex loving, occurs on the continent of Africa, and largely due because, um, you know, there's some deep-seated religious views, not just, uh, you know, not just from the Christianity side of it, but from the the traditional African and ancestral worship, the nature worship. You know, a lot of that plays a role into that. And so when he says this word, when he says he'd rather go to hell than to go to a homophobic heaven, there's two problems that I have with that. First, (laughs) if he goes to hell, he wasn't saved to begin with. You know, he didn't have a faith in Christ to begin with. Uh, If we understand, you know, if we fall within and understand within that context uh, of belief uh, that, that if, you know, if he says he'd rather go to hell, then you know he's this can't say could assume that he'd rather disavow his Christian faith, which I doubt very seriously. Uh, and the other thing about uh, a homophobic heaven, uh, you know, I, here's my thing: I do not believe in any way, shape, form, form, uh, shape, form, or fashion that heaven will be distinguishable. I do not believe there will be. Uh, and from from what I gather in scripture, we ain't gonna be able to tell the difference between each other. <laughs> when we get there, we'll all be you know if we view the the heaven of scripture uh, as being in the bosom of Abraham, there cannot be any hate. There cannot be anything other than the presence of of the Lord and the presence of those who we love, and we will see again. And I, if there's hate, if there's hate there, you know. Yeah, we wouldn't be there either. But, <laughs> but you know, again, these two figures are prominent 
figures in the religious community. You think about Pope Francis, uh, Bishop of Rome, and uh, Desmond Tutu. Not only was he uh, anti uh, uh, apartheid activist for many decades, but he was all he's also a Nobel Nobel Prize laureate. So his word carries weight, and this campaign, I can understand. You know, I'm all for. I, I do not believe any shape, form, or fashion that uh, anyone should be uh, be victims of violence because of race, gender, sexual orientation, or anything like that. I know we don't say it as much in the Christian church. Uh, it's still taboo, and we need to, you know, we need to address it. Uh, a great violence, a great amount of the violence that is occurring, uh, particularly against those those type, come from people at the church. Think about Westboro uh, Baptist Church in Kansas, and uh, uh, think about uh, is it Kansas or Kentucky? Anyway, you know, you know, those are the ones that have the fact, uh, the protest and everything. They protest funerals, they protest whatever. Uh, excuse me, and they have the signs that say "fags go to hell" stuff like that. Now that's hate. That is hate. And it's hate speech is protected in the states by the Constitution and the freedom, you know, First Amendment. But it, it's clear hate. And think about, uh, you know, in the black community, uh, particularly, you know, we still is with homosexuality. We're not much different from those in, in our African, uh, you know, back in our mother Africa. We still uh, see a have a great disdain for that. And, and I don't think we should have a disdain for it. I think we should. You know, it, there's a fine line between loving and you know supporting, um, but that's not what this show is about. So I'm not going to rant about that. But uh, if you want to give your discussions and you want to give your insight on either one of those, that, that's fine. Uh, you you can share it. The chat room is open again. If you want to uh, want to share your thoughts on that, or uh, you want to call in and share three four seven two three seven five two three seven. Uh, that's the number to call if you want to share a little bit about you know uh, those two stories or hit us up on Twitter or Facebook or however you want to do it. So that's what we'll do. Anyway, I've ranted enough. <laughs> I, I, I rant. I, I've gone over over the top on that. Uh, I, we're going to take a break, and when we come back from the break, we will be joined by Dr. Solomon Hurish. I think I said that right. And um, he's a scholar. He's a Author, and we'll be discussing biblical. We'll be discussing uh, creationism and evolution. That you saying, man? He's, you know, some of these myths uh, about the story of creation in in scripture, and and uh, how the science and scripture may actually be saying the same thing. So, uh, it's going to be an interesting discussion, and we're looking forward to that. So, on the other half of this break, uh, he'll be here, and we'll be talking and. And we're looking forward to having it. So we'll be back right after this. Check out MegaFest 2013, world-class lineup of special events, including... 
MegaFest is back and bigger than ever. Come check out MegaFest 2013. World-class lineup of special events, including sports, comedy, music, and film. We've got the Ball Up Championship and Celebrity Slam Dunk Competition, Cedric the Entertainer, and the Just Church and Comedy Show, the All-Star Studded Women of Purpose Concert. And introducing the International Faith and Family Film Festival, August 29th through 31st in Dallas, Texas. Mega-Fest.com When we made our commitment to the golf, VP had two big goals. Help the golf recover and learn from what happened so we could be a better, safer energy company. I've been with VP for 24 years. As part of the team that helped deliver on our commitments to the golf, and I can tell you, safety is at the heart of everything we do. We've added cutting-edge safety equipment and technology, like a new deep water well cap and a state-of-the-art monitoring center where experts watch over all our drilling activity 24-7. And we're sharing what we've learned so we can all produce energy more safely. Safety is a vital part of BP's commitment to America and to the nearly 250,000 people who work with us here. We invest more in the U.S. than anywhere else in the world. Over $55 billion here in the last five years, making BP America's largest energy investor. Our commitment has never been stronger. Welcome back to Zero Today. Again, I'm your host, Pastor Lorenzo Neal. We're thankful and grateful for all you who are listening in. And again, you're always welcome to chime in and get your thoughts and insights on the air. Call 347-237-5230. That is the number. The chat room is open. You can share your thoughts and insight on any other topics that we talk about on this show. Um, so that's the way you do it. We're looking forward to it. Uh, uh, we're joined today by a very, very special guest, uh, Dr. Solomon Hurish. And he is an author, he is a scholar, and um, and he's going to be sharing with us some, something very interesting, I think, that has been um, that has been on the radar for a long time. And, and um, you know, particularly in the last uh, last century, in the 20th century, this was a big debate, creationism and evolution, science versus the Bible, which is right, which is wrong, which should be taught in schools, which should not be taught in school. I mean, it has divided the country. I'm not sure how much it has divided the world, but it certainly has divided this country. And uh, Dr. Hurius, are you there? Hi there. Yes. Glad to have you. And My uh, pleasure. With, Thank you for inviting with, me. No problem. So uh, first, let us let's let's allow you to introduce yourself to the audience. Tell the audience a little bit about yourself and uh, about the project, and and then we'll go from there. Hi. Uh, I have my doctorate in business administration, and I've been a college professor, and uh, I've gotten myself involved in biblical research. And the more I got involved, the deeper and deeper an obsession it became to solve some of these miracles, these questions, uh, try to understand them. Because for a long time, like for many people, when you look at Genesis 1, the story of creation, it it really doesn't make any sense. And uh, the only ones who could believe in it are those who have blind faith. But in studying it and and, uh, trying to track it down, we discovered that each and every verse of the biblical story of creation is in sync with the teachings of modern science. Now, this has never been done before. So um, I'm happy to be here today and, and share some of those findings with you. Just think of it. And uh, here's a question I'm going to ask you to think about. After we show that the story of creation is in sync with science, you have to ask yourselves, how was it humanly possible for Moses three and a half thousand years ago, even before there ever was such a thing as a science, to have known of every basic detail of the creation story and in their exact chronological order, 
when modern science today has only begun to figure it out within the last 75 years? So that's a question you have to ask yourself, because how could Moses have possibly known it? And of course, the answer has to be, he didn't dream it, he didn't... uh, (laughs) uh, the only way he could have possibly known it was by being told, by being told about it from a supreme power. There had to be a supreme power giving him that information because it would be humanly impossible to know everything in the exact detail. Let me give you some of the examples of some of the, of the issues that, we, that were resolved, which, uh, which the, our forefathers could never have resolved. Example, uh, the Bible says the world was formed in six days. Science yes. scoffs at it and says, well, it took four and a half billion years for the earth to be formed. How dare you say it was formed in six days? And our forefathers did not have a response. The only thing they had going for themselves was blind faith. Blind faith. And Thomas Jefferson Thomas Jefferson had once remarked, and he, he, was a, a loyal, uh, he was a loyal Christian, Thomas Jefferson, but he remarked the problem with organized religion is that it calls for blind faith. And what the people really need is a rationale for belief. Why should they believe it? Now, if, you, if we could prove that science is in sync with the Bible, that provides the rationale for belief. So let's go to an issue like the six days. Only within the last 75 years, when we had a genius like Albert Einstein come on board, and he discovered, and his discovery is now acceptable to physicists all over the world, he discovered in his theory of relativity that time is dependent on the pull of gravity, and the pull of gravity is different in different parts, not, of, not only of the Earth, but of the universe. So to the amazement, to the amazement of physicists, we've found that when we measured Bible time, the first chapter of Bible time is not given in Earth time, it's given in cosmic time. And the physicists that figured out and, and mathematically that six days of cosmic time is the equivalent of four and a half billion years of Earth time measured by the same clock. So if we had a clock in outer space and take the same clock here on Earth, uh, that's the results that uh, we would get. Six 24-hour days is accurate. So this makes you wonder. You say, you know, wow, how the Bible is, is actually accurate. We don't need blind faith. We have proof. We have proof that everything was so. Let me ask you a quick question. You know, and, and you know, we're talking about blind faith, and, and uh, in the in the Genesis account, the first two chapters, uh, there are actually two separate creation stories. Now, right. uh, those two stories, uh, how how do those stories? How do you say those stories concur and agree with each other as well as science? Okay, the story goes like this: In Genesis one, there's nothing to do with spirituality. Uh, God is referred to, by the way, you know, we lose a lot in the translations, in the translation from the Hebrew, biblical Hebrew, into modern English. Example, uh, we just say God, and that's the end of it. But in the biblical Hebrew, there are different names for God, and God in his different uh, uh, authorities. In, in, in Genesis 1, there's nothing to do with spirituality. It's a book of physics basically telling how the world was created. And uh, when we get to Genesis 2, we have, we have a, a spirituality issue coming up because God is now appealing for people to follow him. And we find, and here we have some academic differences, we find that the story of the Garden of Eden in Genesis 2 is a parable. It is not a literal description of creation of the world. Example, in, in Genesis 1.27, God created male and female. He created them. That's now, right. We have to give, right. So we, we have to give God credit for knowing what he's doing. <laughs> now, in Genesis 2, he discusses Adam. He discusses Adam. Adam as, as uh, and, and by the way, the Hebrew calendar 
is measured by the life of Adam. So the Hebrew calendar is a little less than uh, uh, 6,000 years old, and right, that's the right. life of, of, of Adam. But there were, there were generations of mankind before Adam, and science proves it. And science proves it because the first man, the first uh, uh, men on earth were gatherers. And then, and through the years, through the years, uh, they became, uh, uh, the, the cavemen became different species of men. Today, the only, we represent the only species of man that uh, still exists. We are called Homo sapiens. It doesn't matter if we're white or black or brown or red or yellow. We are Homo sapiens. We could give blood from one to the other, assuming, of course, he had the proper match. You know, the proper match. But the point is, uh, we could exchange. If in an emergency, uh, we could give blood uh, one to the other. And because we are united as a new species of man, the modern species of man, which is Homo sapiens, and uh, this is the species that Adam represents. Now, if you take a look in the Bible itself, Adam had some sons, and one of the sons became a builder of cities. Yes. Now, if right. you only just if you and your mother are, are, are the only ones around, you don't build cities, plural. <laughs> so we know there were generations of mankind before Adam. We know there were people. There were there were were people on the earth. That's why Cain was afraid. He said to God, "You know, you're going to make me walk around with the mark." Of with the mark of Cain on my head, I'm, I'm going to get the people are going to kill me, attack me, and that just shows that there were people around. There were Adam was not the very first man, but he was the first man to know God. Now we're getting into spirituality. The very first men that uh, God created uh, did not recognize God. They worshipped the statues. They worshipped the sun. They worshipped the moon. The ancient Egyptians worshipped crocodiles. Uh, but they did not worship the one God of Israel, and this is what God was was getting to in in, uh, in Genesis two. Now, another thing we have to understand when we look at the original uh, biblical Hebrew, the word for creation in Hebrew is bara, mm-hmm. and the word for created man is in Genesis one. That's the word used when he, God uh, made man. He used the word bara. That word is not used in Genesis two. And the ancient, the, the ancient sages of Israel had said the word they, they used was God made man, but the word made, is, is, as we use it today, is not the way the word made was used three and a half thousand years ago. Three and a half thousand years ago, the word made was put into its proper position. That's why, like the sun. Uh, the sun uh, was uh, made in... Uh, um, um, what day was the sun made? Um, the day four. But the sun, the sun, the word made was used in day four because the sun was put into its proper position. But the word for creation of earth and heavens was used the word bara in Genesis one one. So a lot is misunderstood because we go from one language to another, and it's not only a difference in the languages, but modern Hebrew is different from Biblical Hebrew, and that's that's the catch. The very grammar system is totally different. Okay, okay. So, let, 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 let me let me let me understand something here. You put forth two things: one, that there were men before Adam, yes. which goes completely against what most of us are taught in the Christian church that God right. created Adam first, and right. of course we base that from Jew. And then you're coming back and, and saying that the grammar system is different, so the transliteration of scripture could be inaccurate. That just, just 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 throwing a lot of our <laughs> basic tenets of faith out the window. Right. How, right, how do you... But but these are but these are all academic. It's all academic issues. These these are not issues where okay. we say uh, one is right and one is wrong or stuff like that. Words, we have we have certain academic uh, questions arise, which enables us to better understand the Bible. Okay. And we know we no longer need blind faith. That's why we named the book we have why human beings do not need blind faith to believe in creationism. In other words, we've supplied a rationale for belief. Okay. Yeah, that's that's interesting. 
Uh, I got a caller. Let me uh, get the caller. Yes. Hello, caller. You have a question? Um. Yes. Hello. Can you hear me? Yes. Yes. Okay. Go Hi. Ahead. This, this is Mandisa Thomas out of Georgia. How are you? Fine. Doing well. Um, I have a question. Um, if you say, where exactly um, can you cite any other um, any other references, any other uh, excavations, any other archaeological evidence which would actually prove your your um, your your um, your statements to be true? And if so, doesn't that I mean, what happens to all the other creation stories that um, that have um, been? Um, been noted throughout history and and doesn't just make doesn't this make believing Christianity totally obsolete then no no it's Why just not? it's just that there's a misunderstanding in in the telling of the of the creation story which is not a just that a lot of creation story the though. same way you do that that uh, Adam was the first man and uh, when i mention and when i say no they get angry with me <laughs> now you wanted proof okay proof Excavations of different civilizations by uh, uh, anthropologists uh, mm-hmm. around the world. We, we found cultures in Scotland, 20,000 years old. We found traces of American Indians, uh, 50 and 100,000 years old. I, say, I was going to say right here in Florida. You're in Georgia. I'm, I'm here in Florida. But uh, we found traces of cultures around the world. Uh, we know the Chinese culture. Is, is, is older than uh, 6,000 years old. They go back uh, uh, 30 and 40,000 years. So there is a conflict here. We say one thing, and, and we see uh, physically proof that this is not so. That is absolutely is correct. <laughs> that is what? So that is absolutely correct. So my question is to you, yes. then wouldn't this render the Bible just to be another work of fiction as as other religious texts. No, for, for the simple reason, again, the question is, how could Moses have known this? How could Moses have known every exact chronological order of the creation story? Because in in my book, we go through every verse, and we show that this is the exact order of the way things were created according to the teachings of modern science. How could Moses have known that? Mm. Uh, let, me, let me ask you a question real quick. Uh, and uh, Dr. Hirsch, you and I, have, we've discussed this before. Yes. Um, there are several other religious uh, religions with uh, creation stories that uh, do not share the biblical uh, uh, narrative. And so how do, how do those stories relate to your, your theory of uh, creationism and evolution being in the seat? Well, well again, uh, the other, there are many religions. And Moses was not the first religion. Uh, you know, there are many religions before the Israelites. But none of them, none of them could prove their uh, statements about their beliefs. None of them could prove it. In other words, uh, you had every religion that comes along has its own little story to tell, and its followers have blind faith. And either if they have no blind faith, they don't belong. Now, here we have a story in the the original uh, scrolls of Moses from the uh, Israelite Bible, where we could prove every verse is in sync with science. So now we have what Thomas Jefferson called for a rationale for belief. We, it's a proof that the that the Bible is correct. Well, actually, according to the first page in Genesis, um, the God, uh, Yahweh, apparently created the earth before the sun. Now, this has been proven to be scientifically inaccurate or incorrect. So how, yes. is, that, how is that explained? Oh, it's very simple. Uh, the, the sun was created first. And very, but very it doesn't say that in the Bible, so that, that's, a, that's a direct conflict. No, 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 not at all. You see, again, as I tried to explain before, uh, the Bible discusses the sun on day four. But the Bible doesn't say, the original scroll of Moses doesn't say the sun was created on day four. It says the sun was put into its proper rotating order on day four. And there's a difference. The sun was created before the earth. Yes, there is no conflict. In fact, in Genesis 1.1, uh, it says, uh, in the, well, actually, in the beginning is not a correct translation. It's during the beginning. 
the, the, when the world during the beginning God had created the heavens and the earth and we're talking about uh, the broad, in the broader sense in, in, that included all of the universe all the suns, all the planets and uh, everything that we know today because, the, because uh, science has measured the age of the universe and it comes out to 15, 15 uh, billion years and our planet our solar system is only four and a half billion years old so it's a, it's a fascinating uh, topic it's a fascinating topic but it's a, but it's proven to be uh, the bible is correct in telling everything about our particular planet earth so okay i appreciate mm-hmm. it thanks caller thanks mandy uh for uh, thank you uh, so much for calling for calling, uh, Doctor uh, Hurrius, I got a quick question now. In your book, um, you talk about um, Noah and the Ark. Now, the creation story is one thing, but uh, the the Noah story implies a second creation story. So, how does again, how does how does that uh, uh, seem to sync with uh, your your theory? Well, we showed like this. We we in that chapter we we discussed Noah and the Ark. We showed that uh, although the uh, the the original scrolls of Moses does not say the the uh, the uh, the flood covered the entire earth's surface it was only the it was a, a local flood and science shows that yes there were local floods in that particular area and the ark that was built according to the uh, is the same as the story of uh, of other arcs that were built but the specifications given for the ark for the sto- in the story of Noah, according to naval experts, those specifications would enable the ark to float in turbulent uh, waters. So, uh, so we have here not a conflict, but a, a story about a, a local area where mankind was uh, out of line, and uh, God made a deal with Noah. And there we have the Noahide principles. So uh, long before God made any deal with Abraham for the Israelites, he had made a deal with uh, Noah. And you had the Noahide principles of of man should observe certain basic conducts, like shouldn't murder and kill an animal before you eat it, and you know, certain basic, basic things of civilization uh, to start making man more of a human being the way we think of a human being or the responsibilities of a human being, as opposed to the way men started to act in the, in the beginning of time. Wow, that, that that's certainly interesting. And, and, and again, it kind of still begs to differ. Does this take away from the undertone and the undergirding of the the dynamics of the Christian faith or the Judeo Christian faith uh, altogether? I mean, no. How, how if, anything, if anything, if anything, it gives credit. It hurts. If I, see, we have one problem. If you taught one particular thing to make a change, and you feel disloyal, or you have to feel challenged, and so forth and so on, this is an academic issue. And we, if we take a look at it academically, and we can make the, the certain corrections and un, to understand the Bible, we could appreciate it so much better. And it doesn't detract from anything. If anything, it should enhance our faith. It should bring us closer to faith. Because we've proved that the Bible is for real. The Bible could only have been given to Moses by a supreme power. He couldn't have known all these things by himself. So if anything, those who lack faith should now get it and should take a look at the Bible and say, hey, this is a work of a supreme power. This is not the imagination of, of one particular man. And, it's, uh, and of course, uh, through the years, the, our forefathers didn't have the information that we have today to, to understand the Bible, so they made certain assumptions, and that became dogma. Well, some of those assumptions were wrong. They had no way of knowing cosmic time as opposed to Earth time. They had no way of knowing certain things. They had no way of knowing dinosaurs were the, uh, uh, the uh, uh, in day five, Genesis one twenty one were the forerunners of, the, of birds. They had no way of knowing these things, so they made certain assumptions that God must have gotten uh, the first creation story wrong, and they tried to do it over again. But no, let's give God credit for knowing what he's doing. <laughs> In our book, 
we say that God knew exactly what he was doing. There were no errors. Oh, all right. And does that take away from the, uh, or does that prove the inerrancy of Scripture also? I mean, there are so many theological undertones that we can get into. Uh, and I, I think about the arguments for against, uh, for God, you know, the cosmological argument is one of the one of the biggest arguments of course the teleological right. and here one, we proved here we proved that only supreme power could have created the world the world okay. came from nothing so actually if if anything we proved that religion is the answer we we proved that there is a god and uh, yes there are certain academic little things that we have to uh, think about or i suggest you know one 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 should uh, you know rethink that position but that uh, but if anything uh, that should make us more, de- you know, make our faith stronger. Not not question our faith, but make it stronger. And, and, you know, and, and you know, academia uh, in the church and uh, and outside of the church often conflict. And and I, I, I appreciate you for uh, for carrying out this work. I, I think it's a monumental work. Uh, I, I'm, you know, it is challenging and. Uh, you talk about blind faith, and that's one of the things that most uh, religious people have is blind faith. They were taught and trained, you know. At, right, and, and ask no questions. You're taught to train that don't don't question the Bible, don't question uh, anything. And you know what you learn. I, I've learned most of the time what you learn in Sunday school is in, incorrect anyway. So uh, now um, we got a few more minutes here. Um, I want to talk about some of the over some of the uh correlating arguments with this. You know, creationism uh is so divisive in the Christian church, particularly as I stated earlier in the American church. Uh, uh we had an issue just a couple of years ago with Texas uh trying to incorporate the idea of creationism in its schools, uh in, in its textbooks with with history. Um so I'm not sure if the argument is that it is an historical event that should be included in in uh, the public education and or, or education in general. But let, let's discuss some of the challenges uh, about about this uh, this so-called thinking of evolution and creationism. Uh, what are some of the challenges that you have encountered? Well, the, the create well uh, even evolution is uh, misunderstood by many people. Uh, people think uh, that uh, one species jumped into another. In other words, they think that man evolved from the apes. So that's not very pleasant to think that great-grandpa came by swinging through the trees. <laughs> that That's not very complimentary. No, we show that there was evolution of the different species, but evolution within each species. So we went from the saber-toothed tiger to the modern tiger of today. We went from, from the different species of man uh, to the modern species of, to, of what we are today, Homo sapiens, and we could track down uh, every creature uh, from their original uh, format to today. There was evolution, but within each species, we did evolve, but uh, within our own species, and one species did not jump to another species. So, if anything, it was just as God made it. He made a particular uh, species, and and that species either became extinct or uh, evolved to become stronger. Okay, one one of the guests in the chat room says that archaeology is an imprecise science, uh, and that it's largely speculation. How how does that uh, again, you know, going back? Well, again, you know, the work of man. uh, One of the the greatest the uh, anthropologists. uh, started out with uh, with the belief that Darwin was correct and uh, uh, man evolved from the apes. And then in later books that he and his partner uh, put out, they admitted they had made an error. So, uh, you know, science is, is you know, is, is, is people's uh, knowledge of science is changing, changing all the time. Uh, the theory of you know the knowing uh, that six days of uh, of cosmic time is different from Earth time. This is only we only learned that within the last seventy five years. Everything before that was just wild speculation of of way of, of way people thought things should be or could be or, or should have been. But uh, no, it's, science is as good as the scientist who is working on it. 
And that's why we keep making changes in medicine and everything else. We keep new ideas, new thoughts, new molecules, new discoveries all the time. And then we have to say uh, the old ones are are old, uh, they're mistakes. Now we have to go on with new, new concepts. Okay, now uh, here's here's uh, uh, another thing. Um, this is such a polarizing thing. Um, is this uh, a fundamentalist, evangelical, or how would you categorize your presentation of this uh, this theory? Uh, the, the think- fundamental fundamentalist. Is, it's just a question of remember now. Uh, we we what we used here was the meaning of the words. From the scrolls, as the beginning of the words as used in three three and a half thousand years ago, which is different from the way the same words are used today in modern Hebrew. Example: uh, the word for made in Hebrew is oseh, and today in modern Hebrew, uh, it means uh, you make or you could create and so forth and so. But in biblical Hebrew, that same word meant to put into its proper position. So, so when we say uh, take an item like uh, the, like the sun, and uh, we say this came about in day four, well, in day four it became adjusted into its proper rotating position. But the sun was around all the time. Now, a lot of people are, are, are taught that the sun wasn't created until day four. And, of course, this doesn't make any sense because uh, nothing could have grown without sunlight. Into, you know, we could never have gotten to day four without the, without the sun. And, and science has told us that the sun came right before the earth, just as that young lady who called earlier uh, pointed out. So for a lot of people who are taught the sun can, was, was not done, uh, a product of God until day four, it's, uh, you know, this is a challenge to them. And... Uh, they could feel irked if they if they're told, uh, well, you're incorrect. That the sun was there even before the earth, and a proper understanding of the scrolls of Moses proves it. That and if, if it's in sync with science, there is proof that we were correct. Because if I just came up with another theory, then the people could say, well, who do you think you are? But everything that we did is is proven by the position science takes on that subject. That's all. That's that's awesome. <laughs> kind of, you know, again, kind of blow you out the water when you when you really uh, listen to it and and and, and there was. So let, let's shift this dialogue here. Let's shift the dialogue from the academic to the practical. As a pastor and as a, uh, I'm a I'm a I'm a scholar. I'm an academic, you know, but I'm a pastor also. How can I communicate this? to uh, my faith community, those who listen to me, those who have been, I mean, how can I retrain them, or, or should I even attempt to? Well, think of it this way. You have a violin. Every once in a while, you fine-tune it. You tighten the strings. You adjust it. And that's all we were doing here. In other words, we're not challenging anyone's religious uh, position. But it comes across as that. You, it, it, it definitely comes across as that. Yes, it's not the way, but no, it's not intended to. We're, fine, we're, we're saying that we're fine-tuning the, uh, the strings on the violin. We're fine-tuning it uh, because we have new ideas, new thoughts, uh, new revelations. You know, look, uh, Einstein proved that the, that the six days of, of, of creation is, if you realize that it's cosmic time, is cor- that it's perfectly correct. So why does it offend anyone if we were to write in the Bible and God made it on day one and we put in parenthesis cosmic time in the parenthesis and just continue? In other words, if we would be explaining it, uh, why would that be a challenge to anyone's beliefs or sensitivities? Uh, you know, it's again, it goes back to being taught what they haven't been taught. Uh, 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 I got about five more minutes here. Uh, tell um, tell the tell the people how they can get in touch with you, and learn in, uh, learn more about your products and your your research or having you if they want to have you speak or anything like that. Give them give them that'd be wonderful. <laughs> uh, let them go, well for those who have a uh, the computer, 
they could go to our website, www.land, L-A-N-D, like the land we walk on, landpublishing.com, L-A-N-D-P-U-B-L-I-S-H-I-N-G.com, landpublishing.com. And there they have, uh, there you could find a way you could order the book, uh, you could uh, contact us, you, uh, and we would love to hear from you. We would love to hear from you. And again, we're not challenging anyone, or this is not a confrontational book. This book is intended to bring us closer together. Sure, we have different uh, academic uh, things to, uh, uh, to take a look at, but uh, our proof, but what we say, again, is, is backed by science. Now, if you're, uh, someone else's academic uh, position is simply blind faith, don't ask questions, then there's a question of, well, if you're interested in to take a look at the Bible from a modern perspective, then you, uh, you take a look at it. Now, look, I'll give you the perfect example. The King James Bible. The King James Bible is the biggest-selling Bible in the, in, in, in the country. Every year, it's the biggest-selling book. And mm-hmm. now they have also a new version of the King James. It's called the uh, N, what is it, the new, you know what I'm, what I'm referring yeah, to? Yeah, the new King James. Yes, the new version. Now, in the new version, they make changes. Example, uh, in the uh, Ten Commandments, uh, the, the Hebrews say, thou shalt not murder. The basic Christian Bible say, thou shalt not kill. Okay? Now, the new King James Version has come along and modified it, to, and, and they agree now with the Israeli position, thou shalt not murder. So there are there are changes made. No, we don't have to be afraid to, to make a change. So if the academic specialists realize that uh, this is something that is not fine-tuned enough, the correction could be made. So there's a perfect example of, hey, we could make a correction. That doesn't mean we lost our faith. That doesn't mean we have to become angry with one another or upset. How no? many people realize that... Uh, know that the new thinking in in uh, in the Protestant religion is the Ten Commandments read thou shalt not murder just like the Jews are taught as opposed to the old fashioned way of teaching thou shalt not kill hmm and this is strictly within the Protestant church itself mhm that, so, that is a good point yeah so academic we shouldn't be afraid to sit down and talk and think one thing God gave everybody is a brain to you know to think. We are free to choose. We're free to choose to follow the good path or the bad path. Uh, to, you know, like just like the Adam and Eve, you could eat from the, which tree you wanted to pick to eat from. We're all free to to make our choices, and we're free to choice to ignore God. This book proves that there is a God. So for those who, who who are offended by changes made or those who didn't believe, wow, here is scientific proof that everything in chapters, the first chapter of the Bible, Genesis 1, every, every verse is in sync with the teachings of science. This should make us confident that we've got a Bible that is... That is wonderful. That that the only Bible in you know that mankind ever came up with that is in sync with science, and you don't need blind faith to believe in it. Isn't that wonderful? I mean, Thomas Jefferson would be he'd, he'd buy a copy of the book. <laughs> well, you know, he he did try to write his well, he did write his own version of the Bible, and particularly the New Testament Gospels. But uh, you know, I don't know how great of a witness he would be. <laughs> <laughs> he was partial. Uh, yeah, if you don't have a computer, you could go into Barnes & Noble. Barnes & Noble carries the book. In, uh, uh, you, you could see uh, the name of the book is Why Human Beings Do Not Need Blind Faith to Believe in Creationism. You could get that at Barnes & Noble in either hard copy or in uh, e-book format. So uh, right. hopefully you guys will go out there and you buy the book and you'll see and you'll see proof that the Bible is for real. All right. And actually, uh, for one of our guests, we'll try to provide that book for you if you uh, mention it in our – if you go to the Facebook page and mention that you listen to the show. Uh, 
We'll try to make sure you get a copy of that book. Uh, Dr. Harris, it's been wonderful talking to you. We've run out of time. I'm excited about that. And, again, I commend you for your work, and I thank you. I think it's a wonderful way of enlightenment for us. Uh, so Thank you for having me. Thank you we for really having appreciate me, Pastor. I really appreciate, appreciate it very much. All right. You have a wonderful day. And, uh, Take care. Tune in again next week to Zero Today. We'll have another great guest and another exciting show, and we look forward to you uh, sharing it. This is Pastor Lorenzo Neal. That's all I got. See you on the flip side next week. Weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.